Hi, everybody. It's the 14th of November, 2023. My name is Larry Jacobs. This is Pre-K-12 Education Talk Radio. And thanks so much for listening today or maybe on the archives. And I want you to know that we archive everything over at ace-ed.org. That's the home website of our American Consortium for Equity in Education. And you go over there. We are really, we are really the only media in education that focuses entirely on on equity, and we are pretty proud of that. And uh, I thank everybody for paying attention to what we do. All right, and uh, just just really cool over at the website. Everything's free over there, by the way. For you, we have our magazine, Equity and Access. We have all our podcasts. We have our Excellence in Equity Awards, and all kinds of terrific information. So please. Feel free to check everything out over at ace-ed.org. Today's podcast is going to be really interesting. I'm going to bring my guests on right now. we got Landmark College here, my good friends from Putney, Vermont. That's the college for students who learn differently, neurodiverse kids, ADHD, dyslexia, that sort of thing. Okay, they are experts in higher education for these students, okay? And everything they do, these are professors in the field, can be carried down and into high school, into middle school. And these are just experts, and the kids there do just great. So I'm always thrilled to have them. They have a program over there called Writing Across the Curriculum, which, believe me, did not exist when I was in college, okay? And they're teaching using this curriculum for neurodiverse students. And so without me blabbing anymore, good morning, Professor Sarah Glennon. How are you, Sarah? I'm fine. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, Sarah. And good morning, John Kipp, Professor Kipp. Hi. Good morning, Larry. Good morning, John. And uh, just so everybody knows, uh, Sarah has been teaching English at Landmark since 1991 and currently serves as the Writing Across the Curriculum Coordinator. And John has been a faculty member there since 1990. I just noticed that 1991 as well. Wow, there you go. Serving as we both the dean. Wow, well, <laughs> well, there you go. So 20, 22 years for both of you. Hey, that's a long time. Congratulations. Okay, Thanks. that's great. Thank you. Wow. And a professor, both a professor of English, John is, and an advisor again to the writing across the curriculum program. And that's the first question. I go, ladies first, Sarah. It's great to have you here. Writing across the curriculum. Tell me about that because I think this is so important because we tend to silo things, and that's not good. Okay, write. You got to be able to write. Okay, so people can understand you. All right, and we silo. So talk to me about what is writing across the curriculum, Professor Glennon. Sure, thank you. Um, well, writing across the curriculum is a movement that has been going on for, you know, probably at least 50 years um, at colleges all across the country. I think right now um, about half of all the colleges and universities in the country do have a writing across the curriculum program. And, and the idea is, there are a couple things that, that are involved, and one is the idea that writing is not just something that happens in English classes or in writing classes. Thank you. That Thank writing you. is a useful, a useful ability in all disciplines, in all courses, and also obviously in life and, and in careers. Sure. And so we want students to understand that, that what they learn perhaps in a writing class is applicable in a lot of other settings. Um, and the other idea behind writing across the curriculum is that writing is not only something that we use to communicate, 
but writing is also a way that we can learn and process information. Good point. And, and so, you know, for example, a math teacher might say, you know, there's not really a role for writing in my math class, but one thing oh. they might discover is that when you have students write about what they're learning in math, their learning deepens. <laughs> they have to <laughs> articulate ideas, and there is actually a, a purpose for that. You know, we talk about writing to learn and learning to write. And that's, those are sort of some of the basic ideas behind writing across the curriculum. Uh, the focus is generally about uh, faculty professional development. Uh, we don't really work directly. Our program doesn't work directly with students, but we work with faculty to help them feel more um, competent, more experienced um, as people who assign writing and use writing in their courses across the curriculum. Right, and they are not taught how to teach it. They are not taught how it works. They are not taught why it works. Okay, a science professor, a science teacher, a math teacher, you go right down the list. Okay, the only ones are the English professors, the English teachers, and that's why this is so darn important. You just said something that just struck me. I was always terrible in mathematics when I was in high school. Okay, and had I been able to write out answers, now I just thought of this, I probably would have done better. But they want you to write it in math. Okay, and so that's not the way my mind goes. All right. And what you're saying is just so accurate. You know, you, people are learning, but you have to be able to express it. OK. And I just think this is so important. And math, the math people, every no matter what, I don't care if you're physical education. OK. You need to understand that kids can express themselves and learn writing across the curriculum. And Sarah, I got to tell you, you took my next question. I was going to say, how did you and, and actually I will ask it. I'll ask John this one. John. OK. I have a good buddy of mine who's a Pulitzer Prize winning, who was a Pulitzer Prize winning uh, writer for the Chicago Tribune, very dear friend of mine. And um, he became a professor of science writing at Columbia College in Chicago. All right. Mm -hmm. And John, you and your English colleagues are not scientists. Okay. Science writing as an example. Yeah. Science writing as an example is, is, is in and of itself. Okay, so now you're the English professor. You're going to go talk to your science professors. Let's just use them as the example. What, what's the conversation? Where does it go? How's sure. It work? Uh, yeah, yeah uh, that's a really good question. Thank you. Um, I think you're the welcome. conversation really starts about, well, two things. One is what we can do for our students to better improve their learning and also to recognize that students who learn differently often need different modes to express their learning. And so if, if, a, if, if any professor of any area or any teacher in any area is only really providing one mode of assessment, it's probably not going to be equitable for people who learn differently. Um, I would also say that, you know, that, that there's a benefit for the faculty member. If we can help them uh, help their students develop their thinking more clearly, express that thinking in a way that others can understand it, um, allow them to think using writing, that we actually are improving the outcomes for their students and the, their, their ability to teach, their, maybe the ease with which they teach. In our, in our program, we ran um, a number of mini-grants, and one of them came from our science department, actually, and they worked together to develop a process-based approach to writing lab reports. So they more or less standardized what they were expecting in lab reports and then integrated process steps into that, um, 
into those assignments. And then they did that across all of the science courses so that not only were students better able to express themselves, they were encouraged to use the process skills that they learned somewhere else. Um, their lab reports were better. And also they didn't go from science class to science class kind of expecting this kind of idiosyncratic expectation around lab reports. They knew that a lab report in one class was going to be similar in, in many, many, many ways to a lab report in another. So all the way around, it increased efficiency to some extent. It increased learning. Um, it, it gave the opportunity for the science folks to get together and really talk about writing and how they use writing in science in their science classes and how that would be beneficial. Um, and it kept them engaged in the overall discussion about writing across the curriculum, too. Well, it's just, it's so fascinating to me what you said earlier, you know, it's very important to do this for students who learn differently. But Correct. in reality, okay, I, I've never been tested or anything, but I, I was not good at math. Let's just say it gently like that. Okay. Yep. I needed to learn math differently. And I was never in special ed or anything like that. I was not diagnosed as ADHD or anything like that or dyslexia. Okay. I wasn't but I needed to learn it differently and I needed to express it differently, perhaps verbally. Okay. Yes. Uh, even. And um, nobody ever gave me the chance for that. There was only one mm -hmm. way to do it. And by the way, I went to school about 97 million years ago. Okay. It's like <laughs> the same. It's, it's like the distance from the earth to the sun. Okay. I walked. All right. It's that kind of a thing. And so, you know, to me, it's just absolutely fascinating what you're doing here, and I think it's so important. How did the other, you know, we talked about science. When you, <laughs> when you look at math, let's go into math first. I just got to ask this. How do the math professors react? And if, well, if Albert, and if Albert Einstein had written out the theory of relativity, I would probably be a physicist today, just so you know that, yeah. nuclear physicist. There you go. It's a the story with math is actually pretty interesting. Early on in our development of our program, we offered workshops to faculty, and, and people came you know, at their own choice. It wasn't assigned or required. We've really been trying to do this sort of bottom-up and start with people who are already interested. But we did have some math, one or two math people come to one of these workshops, and I think they were prepared to be skeptical. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that they said is that, you know, students are sometimes grateful to get to a math class where there isn't a lot of language, <laughs> reading and writing, if that isn't their strength. Um, I'm not and so alone. I think they, yeah, so I think that, you know, they um, at first said, you know, we don't really see that there's a role for writing in this aspect of the curriculum. And they were really transformed because they did realize Good. that, again, different students process information differently, but they really saw, as you were just describing so well, this idea of writing about perhaps your confusion or writing yeah. about something that, that you don't understand yet is, for many people, a way of thinking about it and a way of processing. Um, and, you know, the thing about you can think and, and puzzle with something, but when you write it down, you know, you, you can sort of study that thinking or share that thinking more easily with someone else. And, and so, you know, it was surprising to us, but really gratifying that they went back to their math colleagues and said, you know, there's a place for, for writing in our math curriculum. There is. There, there is without question. And in everybody's defense, okay, this is professors and teachers of all these other subjects. You know, you get set in your ways. You understand something you're taught a certain way, but this is very important. Okay, and I have to ask you this, and I'll go back. Let's see, Sarah answered that one, and I'll ask John. John, okay, how do the – and I don't know if you – well, I'll ask the question. Maybe you can, How do the students react to this? Okay, have you seen any – have you gotten any information 
from the students or seeing the students learn, okay, using that. I think it's fascinating. I don't know if that's sure. anything you have. We, John. Yeah, our, our focus has primarily been on working with faculty. Um, exactly. And, and in doing that, we want to get them to some get them to understand some key things that I, I believe will get down uh, all the way through to the students. One of those is so. What do you want? Yeah, talk about what those key things are. That's great. Sure, please. One of those things is this idea that writing is actually really complicated and complex. That it's complex cognitively, emotionally, uh, academically. That um, people come in. Also, you know, at Landmark, we get a lot of students who haven't been particularly successful in other academic programs. That's right. Uh, and a lot of the time that has to do with reading and writing. And so what we're trying to do when we look at reading and writing um, and helping move this down is, is that we're looking for people to understand and embrace that idea of complexity, to recognize that one of the things we're really focused on is helping students transfer the, what they've learned from one class to another. Early on, when we moved from a two-year yeah. to a four-year college, we recognized as students were becoming juniors and seniors that they weren't necessarily carrying their writing skills and reading skills with them when they came. So they'd get to their senior projects and they were still struggling with some, what would be considered maybe some basic writing issues. And so that was one of the, uh, the, the, the motivators for this program, honestly, was to really look at our, our second two years of our curriculum, our first two years, of course, too, but really look at, at what we're hoping to have students get by the time they're seniors in college and really work to some extent backwards to make sure they have that. That focus on transfer really came from a lot of um, our experiences where we saw that students come into our writing classes thinking that each writing class is unique and idiosyncratic and that every writing teacher has different expectations and almost all of those are about correctness. And so we really had to, to kind of break down some of that and say that it's really not that much about correctness, that it's about, as Sarah was saying, using writing to develop ideas, using writing to communicate those ideas, to refine those, to understand them. And so all of those uh, pieces we really want to try to move down um, to the students. A major focus of, of our work with faculty is also making sure that as we um, as you mentioned at the beginning, we've been here for a while, and we have um, a <laughs> yes, faculty have. coming in all the time. And for a long time at Landmark, um, our colleagues worked, I mean, many of us worked here for a very long time. After the pandemic and things like that, that changed to some extent. So we have a lot of new, younger colleagues who we really want to make sure are um, bringing in some of these ideas into the, their yeah, early planning point. of their courses so that people don't get set in their ways and not, not open up their courses to integrate more things like reading and writing. Yeah, and I have the opposite question. I'll ask. Thank you, John. That was great. I, I have the opposite question for Sarah. Sarah, you're doing this writing across the curriculum. You, and again, you and John are English professors, if I may. Okay, so how, how is the English department working with this? When do you, in other words, if I'm an English professor there and I say, all right, today we're going to do a, a, an essay, quote, what'd you learn in science? Okay, now the science professor is starting to understand how important writing is, but the English professor, you guys, know, really know you're, you're deep into it. Okay, how's the English department dealing with writing across the curriculum? Are they, have they changed anything to, so that everybody understands that these silos, if I may, need to be broken down? And it sounds like the English yeah, department to the rescue. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, I think it, part, in part it goes back to the idea of transfer and the idea of um, – having everyone at the college understand the way that we talk about writing in writing classes or in English classes. Um, one of the early things that we did in the project, um, which is sort of an ongoing project, is we have a glossary 
of terms that we use when we talk about reading and writing. And, you know, there are certainly terms on that list that, you know, the English people may call it one thing and the science people or the history people may call it something else. But um, the more that we're using similar terminology when we talk about writing, uh, the better <laughs> like it is for like students. Like what? Like give me a similar terminology. What, what would, can you think of a word? I don't mean to put you on the spot. An, an example might be thesis. Right, the idea that you know, often there there's some uh, assignments where uh, having a very clearly articulated thesis statement at the beginning mm-hmm. of your essay okay. is really important. Um, you know, in a science report, it might be more you know like a conclusion in terms of you know this is what our data shows. But the idea that you know we we all have this idea of a core idea at the heart of a piece of writing that unifies that piece of writing, and, and so just. I think part of what we've been doing in terms of the required writing courses is trying to be, you know, more consistent across multiple sections of the same course, but also much more open to sharing with everyone at the college, this is what we do. This is what we're giving to students. This is the information that they're going to come out of our courses into your courses with. And we're also working in the other way where we're talking to, you know, the higher level, just for example, maybe psychology people and saying, you know, what do you yeah. want students to come in prepared? What, what knowledge about how writing works in psychology is important? And so, you know, we're sort of working in terms of the curriculum from the top down and from the bottom up. And hopefully, you know, there's consistency there that students can start to see and appreciate and so they can reflect in a psychology course on, gee, what did I learn in, in freshman comp that might be applicable here? And, yeah. and when the teachers in the other departments understand the language we use and vice versa, this is that cool. ability for students to transfer is enhanced. Yeah, and, and well, I'll go back to John. Thank you, Sarah. That was great. Okay, John, <laughs> okay, writing across the curriculum is a thing. Okay, you guys yeah. did not come up to this. You're using an organization, I'll call it, thing, okay? Where does yep. the thing exist, okay? And are you fine, and as you meet other people doing the thing, which is writing across the curriculum, wherever it sits, okay, are both? Are you finding that you guys mentioned 50% of colleges should be 100%, for God's sakes, but also are there any, you know, K-12 senior high school teachers in there? To me, this is really, really important. You set these, set out all kids up. Okay, of course, every kid learns differently. Every kid learns differently. All right, and this is this is just great. So where's the thing? Okay, and yeah. I know you guys won an award. The thing gave you an award, I think. So talk about the thing. <laughs> the, yeah, congratulations the for the award. award. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it, indeed. Uh, you know, we uh, the AWAC, the Association of Writing Across the Curriculum, uh, is one of the organizations. That's the award uh, organization that granted us the award. We were we won the award for an emerging program, Writing Across the Curriculum program. So that would be a program that was between one and five years old. Um, the, the organization does provide some resources and so forth, but also a lot of the talk around writing across the curriculum happens among colleagues in informal settings. And so um, we, for instance, we uh, recently presented and it was a good pre- presentation about our, our program, um, but actually the conversations we had afterwards were in a lot of ways more useful. People coming up and talking about their writing across the curriculum programs and how they work with students, looking at some of the ideas we had. Uh, our program and, and when we presented, we really did focus on the idea that writing across the curriculum is a mechanism for equity and that um, it is. if we are not 
And if we're not providing that kind of mechanism, we are not providing an equitable kind of educational experience for people. And that, and that really resonated, I think, not necessarily as a new idea with some of our colleagues from other institutions, but certainly as an important idea they may not have considered deeply. And um, so a lot of it comes that way. Um, as I say, the organization is very uh, helpful in providing some resources, um, uh, conferences, things like that. Uh, but a lot of this is, and, and as we wanted, really started, as Sarah mentioned earlier, we really wanted to start this from the bottom up. So a lot of what we did was take information broadly from a lot of different organizations, programs, and really try yeah. to uh, tailor it to Landmark College, really try to adjust the expectations. A lot of these programs are at colleges and universities which have you know 20,000 students as opposed to our about 500 students. So um, a lot of it was about matter. finding yeah. and, and matter. refining and Right. Working, yeah. A lot of the philosophies work the same, but the scale is definitely going to be different. And so we have some real advantages in, in scale, honestly, that we knew most of our colleagues and we could, we could interact with them interpersonally as well as professionally. Well, that's a good point, actually. You know, when you're dealing with the five, five, what, 500, 600 professors, it's a lot harder. Yes. Okay, yes. good job, obviously. And by the way, I just went over, you mentioned, I didn't know what existed. It's WAC, like writing across curriculum. WACassociation.org, if anybody wants to check this out, because this is really <laughs> pretty, pretty darn cool. And, and uh, Fred, I don't know if you guys are in the picture here. There's a lot of people in these pictures. But the point <laughs> is, okay, you know, and we're all getting ready to have lunch, it seems, on these round tables, so I hope lunch was good. It can't, it can't be as good as the lunch at your cafeteria. I had your fried chicken there. Okay, so I was there with Mark, and it was absolutely, I don't know if they're still doing the fried chicken, okay, but it was like the best fried chicken, it was like Kentucky fried chicken, okay, but it's, no. it's WACassociation.org if, if you want to check this out, and how long did it take you guys to figure this out? So to figure this out, um, yeah, well, actually, uh, you know, you've got the idea, okay, yeah. when did you get the idea, when did you, when did you put this into place? Well, it's a good question. I mean, you know, as you pointed out, John and I have been here for over 30 years. Um, <laughs> yes. And when, you know, when Landmark started, we were, we were a small institution. We were very focused on, on teaching students skills, you know, the reading and study skills that are not often taught explicitly uh, for students with, with learning disabilities. Um, and, and so it was just understood that in history classes you talked about note-taking and in, in science you did talk a little bit about writing process. But as we've grown and diversified and, you know, become a four-year program, um, you know, we, we didn't really have a mechanism to talk about writing outside the writing yeah. department. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, you know, we just started to realize that when students, you know, a student would finish up the last required writing course, and, you know, sort of say, well, okay, great. Now I'm done with that. <laughs> you know, I'm done with writing now because I passed, you know, my last required <laughs> writing course. And, and, you know, that was concerning. Uh, yeah. We knew that other teachers and other departments were, were using writing to varying degrees. But we really wanted some, some mechanism, some initiative that would uh, sort of open up conversations you know, which back in the day when we were very small and we could, you know, the faculty would meet in one room every day <laughs> and talk. You know, as we've gotten bigger, <laughs> that happens less and less. Yeah. And so, you know, I think this really just started as a way to have more conversations really and talk about, you know, what is going on with our students and writing and how are we using writing to teach and to assess and to help students learn. Um, and so, you know, the idea is sort of, 
uh, were percolating for quite a while, and then we were uh, really lucky to be able to get a grant from the Davis Educational Foundation in 2017, and um, one, uh, one of our grant yeah. people sort of brought that opportunity to us, and, and we really started to articulate, what, w- what do we want to do? How do we want to create this program? And the money and, and certainly yeah, helped with know, the grant. As you were talking, I just have to say, as you were talking about this, you know, writing in other subjects, uh, I, I, I remember the uh, horror of a ten cent, after probably now ninety five cents, blue book. You know the blank. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, we all remember that. Okay, and it was just a blank blue book. Okay, with lined paper, and that's where every single professor was asking us to do the testing. None of them were mimeographing in those days or copying questions. Really, they were all giving us essays. So when you taught, and I'm sure it's pretty much the same way these days, when you the professors in every subject expect essays, and they expect them to make sense, okay? And in business, you have to articulate through writing, okay, a marketing plan or a whatever. I mean, it goes everywhere. It's not just English. It's everywhere. And that's why I love what you guys are doing. The, the, how much is a blue book now? Do you guys, Sarah, how much is a blue book now? I don't even you know. You know, we Do don't have blue books anymore. We don't I, use blue prob- books anymore. I probably just it's aged hard. myself like 5,000 years. Everybody. No, no, I, I still have some I'm of my books. I'm 600 years old. Talk yeah. to me about blue books. Wait a minute. Go ahead. Go, Sarah. Well, I think that one of the things that we do at Landmark, um, you know, if you think about the idea of students requesting accommodations, you know, so a student with a learning disability might request an accommodation to be able to um, just for example, get a, a quiet room so that during yeah. a test like yeah. you're describing, they can talk into their computer to write their essay. Um, and also the idea that, you know, if, if writing isn't a strength, you know, we say, well, what is it that I really want the student to demonstrate in, you know, say a history class? You know, their ability to write is important, but that it, what might be more important is their ability to show that they've learned the concept of history, that they can think like a historian. And so, you know, we try to provide, you know, universal design, right, multiple ways for students to express what they have learned. Um, It doesn't mean that they can avoid writing if writing's hard for them. You can never avoid writing. You want to write. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so it's one tool, and it's one thing, one way that they can process information and demonstrate and the more they practice it, the better they get at it. But we also, you know, without students having to ask for formal accommodations, we do provide students alternative ways <laughs> to show what they've learned, um, alternative ways to to use writing. Um, so it's, it's, the idea of the, the you know, the, the horror of the blue book, um, <laughs> I think, is, you know, we try to give students you know, different opportunities so that, you know. I hope you do, and I hope everybody does. I'm laughing at myself with blue books, okay? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think I just, Uh, yes, I'm I'm 2,000 years old, just so you know that. My blue books are still stuck under the Sphinx. It was an empty spot before they put it up. That's where I put all the blue books. Oh, I see. Okay, okay, great. It's old stuff. Yeah. Right. Just amazing. I mean, what you guys are doing here is great. And I'm so glad you took the bull by the horns and got this done for the kids. And and I have to say, not only for the kids, for the professors. I mean, this is really important. And, and I'm going to say it again. It's not only important. You, you know, you, you said you work with kids who are neurodiverse, kids who learn or express themselves differently. Okay. Mm-hmm. I got yeah. news and you know this. Every single kid does that. Okay. It doesn't yeah. matter if they have an IEP or not. 
Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that. They express themselves. They're individual people. Okay. And everybody needs this to understand that there are no silos in education. Science doesn't do things unless it affects society. So it's science and social studies. Good example. huh? Mm-hmm. They build the bridge, not for no reason. They build the bridge so people can get across the water. Okay. For a reason. All right. All this matters, and we got to break down the silos, and that's what this is doing. So I congratulate you both. Good work, good job, good podcast. Thank you, John. This was great. Sure. Thank yeah. you very much, Larry. Sarah, I didn't get to you yet. Thank you so much. Okay, both of you okay. had great insights into all this. I got to tell you, and I think it's extremely, extremely important. So I appreciate all the work you're doing. I hope the professors. I know they do, but I hope everybody at Landmark appreciates what you're doing, too. Thank you both. You guys were great. Thank you. Thank you, Larry. Thank you. Okay. Take care. We enjoyed and it. Enjoy. How's it going? i got to ask. It, it snowed a little bit. We just had a little covering here in Maine where I am. How's the weather in Vermont, in Putney? A little bit of a dusting this morning. That's what we got. That's what we got. Yeah. And co- okay. Oh. By the way, Putney, Vermont, everybody is just beautiful. They live in a beautiful part of the world. Okay. Thank you both. Have a great day. Thanks for it. Thanks so much. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. It was John Kipp and Sarah Glenn, two professors, English professors at Landmark College. I'll tell you, if your kid has an IEP, needs special help, they're neurodiverse, please check out Landmark College. It's landmark.edu. I mean, they just know their stuff. I love having them on. And the reason is because they bring a higher ed perspective to these IEPs in high school. Okay, so let's make all this happen. We can learn from this. It's great stuff. We're going to archive over at ace-ed.org. Check out everything we do over there. It's all free. My name's Larry Jacobs. Thanks for listening. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.